0: Jess, is that not real or what? That's exactly what it's like when you got multiple littles at home. It can be stressful, but for them it's the best day ever. Well, happy Mother's Day. So, so happy that you're spending Mother's Day with us today. And told you prayed a beautiful prayer in our hosting moment there, but I just want to acknowledge that Mother's Day can be a complicated day for a lot of us, for a lot of different reasons. Some of you have complicated relationships with your mom. Some of you are remembering loss today, and it's painful. But I just want to say, I see you, and more importantly, God sees you, and I'm so proud of you for leaning in today, even though it can be a hard day, but just coming to church and leaning into that moment. And I just pray that God would minister to the depths of your heart today, no matter what you're carrying on this Mother's Day. Well, today we're going to talk about the power of words. And I wonder if you've ever really stopped to think about how powerful our words really are. I mean, we use words all the time, obviously, when we talk, but words are also constantly going inside of our head, in our thoughts. There are words happening. We even express things, maybe not in words, but in our body through body language. We also have feelings and actions, and all of these things are expressions of what is taking place in our heart. And our words have the power to define us, They have the power to make things come to be. They have the power to change our circumstances. They have the power to realize our greatest fears. And they have the power of life when we use them for praise. Most of us probably have a story that we could tell probably from childhood where someone spoke something over us, and for whatever reason, it stuck. We believed it, we believed what they said about us. And it became a tape, something that went in our mind, played out in our mind and in our thoughts over and over and over again. We received it and we allowed that word to define us. And most often if we recount those kind of stories, they're about negative things that people have spoken over us, things that are lies that people have spoken that we've believed as truths and we've allowed to define our lives. But if it works that way for the negative words and the critical words over our life, then it works the same way for the words of life that get spoken over us. And imagine if we used the same power of those words with the word of God and what God says we are, who God says we are. What if we used his word and allowed it to be the tape that was playing in our mind, and we used it to define who we are. Just imagine how different things could be. Words have the power to make things come to be. I don't know if you've noticed my new sweet ride outside, but I got a new car recently, and it's been a dream car of my whole life. Even when I was a teenager, I used to talk about... A Jeep Wrangler all the time. A white Jeep. I always wanted a white Jeep. Even to the point, and and I can't even believe this happened, but even to the point where I told a group of friends that I loved white Jeeps so much that this boy in our friend circle bought a white Jeep and then asked me out on a date. No kidding. And I was like, yeah, of course, sweet. You have a Jeep. I'll go on a date with you. I was so, 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 and it was so fun, took the roof off, anyways, so I have this little girl that we bring every summer um, from Belarus, she stays with our family, and so we have to create little games to bond over because communication is difficult, she's learning English and she's doing so, so well. But we create these little games in order to bond. So a couple of years ago, this one game I started with her is that every time we saw a Jeep Wrangler on the road, I would point to the Jeep and I would say, hey, Albina, that's my car. And at first she was like, what? She didn't really understand what I was doing. But every time I did it, over and over, multiple times, anytime we were out on the road, hey, Albina, look, there's my car. Look, there's my car. Well, she caught on to it pretty fast. And then it became a game to who could spot the Jeep Wrangler faster. And now she does it every time she sees it. And she loves to beat me at the game. Say, Lori, there's your car. There's your car. There's your car. Well, We spoke it into existence, and now I'm literally driving a Jeep. (laughs) Now, I know that's a lighthearted story, and there is so much more to the power of our words than just material things. But in the same way when we exercise eyes of faith to see things as though they are even before they are god can do incredible things and when we align our eyes of faith with god's word and we begin to see what is not as though it is according to god's word incredible things happen When you want freedom, what do you do? Do you focus on where you're not free? Or do you say, God, I see my freedom. You have paid for my freedom. I look with eyes of faith and I say, I will be free. Yes, I can acknowledge that maybe I am not completely free today, but God, but God, But with God, all things are possible. And so when we look with eyes of faith and we speak with eyes of faith and we believe with eyes of faith, incredible things can happen. Words have the power to change our circumstances. There has been lots of difficult seasons throughout my life and I'm sure throughout yours too. Challenges in relationships where my eyes get focused and fixated on what others are not doing. Friendships, my husband, my kids. If only my kids could pick their towels up off the bathroom floor. Like, why? Like, really, why? I have four of them and they share one bathroom and they all leave their towels on the bathroom floor. Okay. Obviously, I need some work there. I understand I'm fixating on the wrong thing, but it's it's a true thing that actually happens. But when we fix on what people are not doing, we actually allow the problem, the chasm, whatever it is that's in the way to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But when we surrender those frustrations, those difficulties, those challenges in relationships to God, God can literally shift our perspective in the midst of those relationships. As long as we focus on what our husbands are not doing, as long as we focus on what our parents are not doing, what our friends are not doing, what our boss is not doing, what our boss is not seeing in us, as long as we fixate on that, that's all we're able to see. But when we give it to God and we allow his perspective to come into our situation, what happens, although the circumstance is not different, although that person may not be different, we can begin to see something different in the situation. And that truly is a miracle. When God changes us in a circumstance, it truly is a miracle. Words have the power to realize our greatest fears. And this one is kind of scary, and I feel like I need to do some more work and some more understanding about this. But what I do know is this, that when we focus and when we fixate on the things we are afraid of, we give life to those fears. And as strange as it seems, all of the sudden, those things seem to be the things that are happening to us. We make these declarations, even with our words. If this ever happened to me, I would just die. I could never handle this. And we make these declarations with our words around our greatest fears. And it seems sometimes that we literally focus and think and dwell. And as we do, we literally breathe life into those things. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to surrender our fears to God. It's not that life is going to be without things that we fear or without things that are going to be hard or difficult or things we don't want to go through. Obviously, life is full of those things. But when we surrender our fears to God and when we fix our focus on Him and His great power, all of a sudden we find when those difficult times happen, there's an anchoring. There's something deeper that we're pulling from. And all of a sudden, the situation that you thought you never could survive, you find yourself standing in victory, standing in peace, standing in joy, standing in faith in the midst of the most difficult things that you thought you could ever go through. And so it's important what we fix our mind on. Because words have the power of life when we use them for praise. And that's what I want to focus our talk today on, is what happens when we actually use our words and our mouth and our lips to give praise in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through. Because praise actually has the power to overcome the hurtful words that have been spoken over you. It has the power to help you overcome difficult circumstances, the ones that you're in right now, and it has the power to overcome your greatest fears. You see, God deserves all our praise, and when we praise him, no matter what's going on in our life, we establish and align our position in the Spirit with God. When you praise God with your words, you establish your position in Christ. Because of Jesus, we're all sons and daughters of promise. And that means that all God's promises are available to us. And God wants us to walk in the fullness of life because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of what Jesus did for us. And the Bible warns us that the power of life and death is in our words. But when you dive into the scriptures, both Jesus in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, we find this thread that God does not look at the external and just the words that are coming out of our mouth. He actually looks to the intentions of our heart. What is happening in the abundance of our heart space? Because if we're ever going to master our words or what comes out of our mouth, we must first look inside and think about what's happening on the inside. Because the true evil, the darkness, the hurt, it lives in our heart space. And when hurtful words come out of our mouth towards others or even towards ourselves, that's coming from a hurt or a pain or darkness that exists in our heart. And the truth is we don't even have to use words to communicate in powerful ways. We even communicate non-verbally all the time. And sometimes our physical body is actually more in touch with what's happening on the heart space than even our words or our mind is. My daughter, Allie, she just put together a speech for for school and she did it on body language and the power of nonverbal communication. It was actually so, so fascinating and it is very surprising how much of our body language is actually nonverbal. And as she did this speech, I realized, wow, I actually have a lot of anxious body language. (laughs) I didn't realize it. Because if you came up to me and you said, hey, Lori, how's it going? I'd be like, oh, great. I am doing so good. And And it's true. I am. But... Actually, if you look at my body, I actually have some anxious body language happening. I've started to do this thing where I I clench my hand sometimes when I'm talking or when I'm listening to people. And I'll clench it like really tight sometimes. And I realize, ooh, I might be carrying some stress that I'm not in touch with there. But body language is a really, really powerful, powerful way that communicates what is happening on the inside. One of the, the fascinating things that I learned through her speech was that if you are sitting in a group cross-legged, mostly, usually women sit like this, sometimes guys do too, and when you're sitting cross-legged, you will actually point your foot towards the person you feel the most comfortable with in the conversation, Watch this week as you're in conversations. Apparently you do this, okay? And if you want to get out of the conversation, you will actually, your body language, you will cross your leg and point your foot towards the door or wherever the exit (laughs) is towards the conversation. Isn't that interesting? I just love that. I thought that was so, so cool. Anyways, just a little tidbit, really has nothing to do with anything else, except that your body is communicating, and listen to what your body is saying. But honestly, we have to be aware of what's happening even in our bodies. I mean, we sometimes use gestures like, you know, when we think like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous, I should have known better. But these are powerful, powerful gestures and communication that we have to be mindful of. We do not want to be speaking over ourselves, whether in body language or in words or in thoughts, things that are bringing about death. Now, when I think about the lips, the mouth, the tongue, and the size of these body parts, they're so, so small in contrast to other body parts. But the scripture talks about how powerful this tiny, tiny part of our body is. And it reminds me of you and me as part of the body of Christ. Sometimes we can feel so small and insignificant. But let me tell you, you have great power within you, both for good or for bad. It depends on how you want to use it. It doesn't matter how small you think you are. You have great power within you to do incredible things. Now, the Bible gives us very clear instructions on what we're supposed to do with our lips, this truly unruly member of the body, as James puts it. We are to praise the Lord. Psalm 51.15 says, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Psalm 63.3, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Psalm 63.5, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips." Psalm seventy-one, twenty-three: my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. So that leads us to ask the question, why? Why has God given us so much instruction for how to use our lips? It's because our human nature is continually pulled towards complaining, criticism, blame, God wants us to put our focus and fix our focus on him because in him, all things are possible. But we constantly want to put our focus on us, our feelings, the things we're going through, the things we feel entitled to, the things we feel like we are supposed to have. Now, in Matthew 12, 34, it says, "'For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks.'" And so when we're talking about the heart, we're talking about kind of the deepest, most inner place where our feelings and our thoughts and our truest part of ourself lives, a place that often we don't really want to stay in touch with because it's a place where pain lives. But when our heart is full of pain, we often unintentionally end up hurting the people around us, either by the words that we say or even by the things we don't say. But God, in his graciousness, does not look to the externals, but he looks to the heart where the pain lies because he seeks to heal it. He he seeks to make it whole and right because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. We have to be honest about what is the abundance of our heart. Is your heart abundant with joy and gratitude and praise and peace? Or is your heart abundant with anxiety and unforgiveness and anger and hurt? I'm going to be honest. There have been seasons where hurt has filled my heart. And out of the abundance of that heart, I've begun to protect myself, pull away from people. And when I did open my mouth or definitely in my thoughts was a constant reel of how I was going to get them and the words I was going to say to them and how dare they be. Be that way to me and how could they say those things and how could they treat me like that? But what happens is that our pain cannot be contained just in one area and in one relationship and in one part of our life. Our pain actually begins to infiltrate all other parts of our lives. James calls the tongue a restless evil full of deadly poison and it's poisoned by the abundance of what's happening in our heart place. Imagine hurt or pain in our heart like a spark. And when you breathe on a spark, it gives birth to a flame. And that flame, as we breathe on it and as we give more and more life to it, the more we focus on it, the more we talk about it, the more we obsess about it, we actually breathe life onto that hurt and pain. And it doesn't get smaller, it gets bigger. When I speak words of death over someone, I actually give. I actually give power to the source of that pain in my heart. So not only do I speak death over them, but often what I don't realize is the result is more death and pain in my own life. Now, when I say the word death, I don't mean physical death, but I mean death to joy, death to peace, death to love, death to all the things that Jesus came to give us in abundance. But if that's the way it works for darkness and evil and the hurt that's in us, then that's the way it works for good too. So what if in that place I turned it around and I allowed the power of life or death to be in my tongue? Psalm 141 says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. What if in the midst of that pain and the struggles, we would lay it down and we would choose to praise God with our lips? Psalm 109.30, with my mouth, I give great thanks to the Lord. What if when we're hurt and hurting, when we're blamed or rejected, we chose to lay it down and utter words of forgiveness and blessing? and bless them with our lips, and thank God for them. Psalm 145, 21, my mouth will speak praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. What if I chose to praise in the midst of my circumstance? Whatever that circumstance is, would my circumstance change? Maybe not, but God can change me in the midst of that circumstance. And Everything changes when God changes you in the midst of your circumstance. Psalm 71.8, my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. You see, when God speaks to us and we listen... Amazing things happen. And God speaks through his word every single day. He wants to speak to us through his word all the time. And when he speaks and we listen and we follow what he says, unbelievable things happen. But there's a holy and powerful exchange that happens because when we speak God's words, he listens He listens, and things change. God does things, things that we never expected were possible. You see, when God speaks to us, when he tells us through his word what he's asking us to do, and we listen, things happen. But when we speak God's word, when we speak words of life, he literally bends his ear and listens, and miracles take place in our life. Because when we declare the word of God, it surpasses our feelings and our circumstance. And this is why God urges and invites us to speak his word because it's living and active and it will do what it's sent out to do. This is the power of praise. When you praise God with your words, you establish your position in Christ. You say to your circumstance, King Jesus is ruler over my circumstance. You establish yourself in the spiritual realm and the enemy of your soul cannot rule your heart. You take the power of darkness and death away when you choose to raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemy. Psalm 1914 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. I want to invite Doyen up here for a moment because she has a powerful word on her heart. And I want you to see, as Doyen shares with you, the power of declaring God's word. And as she speaks and as she preaches, I want you to receive the power of speaking God's word. Doyen.
1: Okay. Did you know that when a male lion takes over a new territory of land, he kills all of the lion cubs in that area? Every single one. And he does this so that he can reimpregnate the female lions with his own offspring. It's pretty crazy. But what's even crazier is that sometimes our hearts can look a little bit like this. See, whatever we idolize in our life, whether that's success or recognition or maybe a significant other, it causes, or it causes things like pride and greed and loneliness to enslave our hearts and manifest. And they take over the territory of our hearts. But when the lion of the tribe of Judah takes over, you know that there's going to be change because he takes the old things and makes them new. He removes all of the gunk out of our hearts and gives us room to um, to release good and godly fruit. But we have to let him in. We have to open our hearts to Jesus and have the posture of Psalm 51 saying, create in me a new heart, O God. As we speak, there is spiritual warfare raging for each and every one of your hearts. The enemy is trying to steal us away from our creator, but when we submit to God and we resist the devil, the Bible promises that he will flee. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, so is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And we have been sent. We've been sent with a purpose and for a purpose. And this is why it's crucial. This is why it's so important that we allow Jesus into our hearts now. We don't have time to wait. So often, it's so easy for us to change what's on the outside. It's easy for us to change our posture, to raise our hands in worship, but when it comes to the heart, that's what's really important. If we come in Sunday every morning and raise our hands when it's time to raise our hands and clap when it's time to clap, but there's no change in our hearts, all of this is useless. All of this means nothing. The Bible says that what is it to me if I gain the whole world but I lose my soul? It's so easy for us to say, you know, I don't really like change or I'm not really comfortable with that. But the truth is, we don't have time to be uncomfortable because we don't know how much time we have left. So I'd like to share this verse from Ezekiel 36, verse 25 and 26. And it says, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So I just want to encourage you all to allow Jesus into your heart and allow change to come from the inside out.
0: Woo! You guys weren't expecting that, eh? Doyen, you is a preacher! Woo! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness. When you praise God with your words, you establish your position in Christ.